Hello and welcome to Makers.dev episode number 66, where you get your kicks. Hey, Chris, <laughs> how are you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm great. And I've seen so much more of you over the, the last few weeks. It used to be that this podcast was like a special treat of like, oh, it's my time to hang out with Chris and tell him what I've been working on. I know exactly what you worked on uh, almost entirely this, this week. We've uh, checked in like for at least two hours every workday. I feel like I know a lot about you, which is, it's interesting for the podcast because like there were a lot of interesting things that happened this last week that I don't think are interesting anymore because I already know them. (laughs) So I feel like through the week I need to be keeping track of like, ah, that'd be an interesting thing to talk about on the podcast. Uh, So for, for our listeners, uh, what'd you, what'd you do this week? Yeah. Um, yeah, so same. Yeah, we we saw a lot of each other. I also have completely forgotten or lost track of what I've told you already, like in co-working and what I've <laughs> yeah. told, told you on the podcast. <laughs> so if I repeat things, sorry. Um, let's see, what did I get up to? I uh, completed, uh, so last podcast we talked about completing the meeting place acquisition. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's done. I got a uh, mug that says I got micro acquired. So that was automatic swag got, that got sent out. That was nice. Um, and yeah, that continues to go well. I uh, still have you know, a few ongoing meetings with him for a, a couple of months, basically to like help with the transition. But you know, I'm not doing anything now. Like he has access to everything, um, control of everything. So uh, I can talk about that a little bit more. Um, I did. Uh, so I, on the SaaS side, I've been working on what I think is my next. Up, I'm going to call it a side project right now because I'm doing so many things. Um, but it is the Acorn Chat, like the little intercom style chat widget that goes right to Slack. Um, part of the whole point was to build a Slack app and get it in the Slack app store just to like have experience in that whole thing so i picked something like i knew that existed and so that was a little chat widget um and i had a few ideas about uh yeah and then i did a lot of kaggle stuff with kaggle competitions closing tomorrow so i can talk about that and the frustrations of that um and then some of the the driven data the snow water competition um uh is ongoing as well so yeah i did all those things oh and machine learning homework which is boring so i won't talk about that but i did machine learning homework (laughs) I can see where you're calling SAS a side project. Okay. Through that explanation, I was reminded of several things I wanted to get into of uh, cool things. First thing that I think I'm most curious about, uh, congratulations on the micro acquire mug. That's very cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Worth it almost to sell a SAS company just to get that <laughs> mug. All right. Uh, how are the ongoing conversations with the person you sold it to going? Have you had a conversation yet where he's like, ah, this code is terrible and you suck and I can't believe I bought this and I want my money back. What, what, what do those calls look like? Uh, no, so far he seems happy. Um, he is, uh, he, uh, hasn't done rails for a while. Um, he's more on the JavaScript side and so he's kind of relearning rails. And so some of uh, what we've talked about is just like me going through the, it, like I purposely made the app like pretty standard, a pretty standard rails app. So like mm-hmm. I just went through all the different parts, uh, for it, for that. And then we haven't talked that much except for a few back and forths with like, uh, I think probably just about any time he's gotten a customer email, which is like in three or four times, he sent them to me and just to check what I would do in that situation, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so that, and then we're going to have a couple longer conversations. We have at least one scheduled to like, s- after he looks at the app, he's going to probably have a bunch of questions. So he like pre-scheduled uh, some time to like go over whatever questions he has about the actual code and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty light, um, like on purpose, like the, the, what we agreed on is like, I'm not doing development for him in these couple of months, mm-hmm. you know, I'm doing basically just support for him and, and any weird customer things that come up. So, um, yeah, so far it's been pretty positive. If he, if he regrets his decision, he hasn't communicated that. So yeah, so far pretty good. It sounds ideal. And it, this, this is so much more complicated than selling a car. Cause you sell a car to someone and they're like, ah, it's a car. <laughs> I yeah. know how a car works. Uh, but with a SAS, like it's so bespoke. It's so custom, even even more like a like a building or a house. If you if you sell someone a house, they'll be like, ah, I'll figure it out. Uh, you know, <laughs> houses have air conditioning units, and you can hire people to to, to do these things. But yeah, for for software, it doesn't feel like we're quite there yet. There's no standard unit of like, oh, it's a it's an iPhone app, so I'm going to get this thing and this thing, and there's going to be these parts, and there's going to be this air conditioner part of it. And I understand how that works. There's there's a lot more spaghetti you could potentially get into in software of like, well, there's this really weird server that i made <laughs> that runs this in completely different technology that's making this weird api call to this thing and that's crucial for the entire app to work um so it sounds like your experience through this has been largely positive that uh it's, it's been as smooth as this could possibly be 
but it has me curious now about like what what might it look like if there was more of a standard unit of like ah it's a wordpress plugin i'm gonna buy this and i know that that means it's gonna be this thing and the code's gonna live here and it's gonna run this way and it's gonna be using these frameworks and uh with the same sort of standardization that a car or a house would be it's a it's an interesting idea yeah i think that would happen more for things like wordpress plugins or like maybe like shopify stores like there's several mm. like sort of drop shipping ish stuff uh, like e-commerce kind of things on microquire and so those are probably way more standard it's probably like here's your list of customers here's your list of providers you know here's how mm. they're connected and then you know there you go it's so yeah but wherever there's lots of custom code yeah it's pretty pretty custom <laughs> and mm. then on the on the other side if it was a much bigger company like with employees that came along with the deal oh yeah then that's probably more like here's the people who know about all these things go ask them <laughs> and so that's interesting that might be more yeah. modular than if it's if it's people involved because you well okay we have the people on the payroll and they know how that's this complicated right. thing works so just move them over interesting huh what a, what a fun idea um how have you noticed the difference in how you're feeling day to day having sold this versus previously is this is this a load off and you feel like you didn't have much more bandwidth is this uh, do, do you feel pangs of regret when you see good things happening in the app and new people being onboarded and how, what, what's the if you could characterize your overall feeling before and after what what would that be like yeah so far still positive um like like i said it wasn't it wasn't taking up that much of my time but whenever i did something else like whenever i worked on the acorn chat widget mm -hmm. uh i would be like i should be spending this time on meeting place instead and now mm -hmm. i no longer have that um that thing so like yeah i'm, I'm being just freed up mentally a little bit um the, there was one uh so i posted in like the the microconf slack um thing uh you know like i sold a company on microquire or whatever and someone said hey i know your picture you're the meeting place guy and i was like i was <laughs> and so it's like oh i was the meeting place guy oh uh, so that was the only thing that uh uh <laughs> that that was uh so i guess it was tied to my identity a little bit and i didn't even realize it but yeah um, yeah yeah but yeah so yeah. far so far still good that would be weird. Like uh, Patrick McKenzie was the he was the bingo card creator guy. Yeah. Then he sold. And then it. he sold it. Now he's Patrick McKenzie. The oh, Stripe. Lots of other things guy. Yeah. He works at Stripe and uh, he's got the the oh uh, appointment reminder. I don't know yeah, if he, he sold, sold that he one sold, too. Though. Yeah, he sold that one too. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I, I'll forever attach those things to him, but yeah. I don't know. So I guess, I guess that'll forever be with your identity. Like you are the founder of Meeting Place, uh, but you can do other stuff too. Yeah, and that's that's true of other founders, right? Like like uh, Brian Castle, who we interviewed a couple weeks ago, uh, he will forever be in my mind the audience ops guy. But he sold that a while ago. Yeah. Uh, he sold like five or six things this year, I think. Or like, did he really? <laughs> last year and a half, yeah. Yeah, he was talking talking about it on his podcast. That's cool. Uh, that's a game I'd like to get more into. Okay, th this is helping me a lot. Like just talk through seeing the whole process and. Uh, we've mentioned this a few times but this is a this is a scary process to me right now that has a lot of unknowns and so seeing you every step of the way uh caring that it's pretty manageable there's there's no major pitfalls that you've walked into yet yeah the and other thing i'll say is good. i think i've had a very easy time of it like mm. it, it helps that i found a buyer who is like just a developer who really was excited about getting going um if you if you get into like a bad like M&A situation with a company who really wants to, you know, dig their lawyers into you, then I could really see this going sideways. Um, yeah. So yeah, I had a particularly good experience. That's interesting. That's an advantage I think for having more smaller things, like the, the bigger the things go, yeah. the more professional the people are that are going to be buying it and then the more due diligence and the whole thing gets messier. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Well, cool. I'm really glad it's going well. Uh, what a, what a, for all the things you have going on right now like it makes so much sense for you to, to be selling off this thing that i don't think you were getting enjoyment from that uh it sounds like most of the feelings you felt towards it were guilt uh so yeah, yeah was, good solution yeah it was mostly guilt that i wasn't able to realize my initial vision which yeah. which is not not helpful so yeah cool uh what's next uh let's dig into acorn chat because this, this is the next thing that's taking the place of the SaaS part of your life specifically something really interesting you said this week is that you hit a point where it felt boring like you you 
forgot why this was a good thing that, oh, yeah. that wants to exist. And it felt like you, you sort of just like lost the wind uh, out of your sails. And like you were pushing forward and making meaningful progress. But I think you became less impressed with what this thing was and what it was doing. And uh, I'd, I'd love to hear if you had more thoughts about that. And I'd, I'd like to dig into that a little more. Yeah, that was a feeling I had like in the middle of the week. So I think... Anytime someone makes something, I think this probably happens where you're like, this thing is awesome. And then you kind of do it or you're halfway through it and you're like, this is terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Like everything is broken and nothing is working. Yeah. And uh, I sort of had not quite to that extent, but yeah, I had those feelings this week. And um, so part of it was like, I was showing you my progress. Like, so we do these co-working sessions where we do a Pomodoro and then we just, you know, tell each other what we've, what we've done. And I think you were sort of impressed because what you saw is I could type a thing in a widget and a website and it went to my Slack and then I could yeah. apply in a thread and it went to the website and it's kind of yeah. magic. Like it goes Amazing. back and forth. It's, it uses web sockets. Yeah. And, but the magic is totally lost on me now. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it does that, but there's 20 other things that are broken. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, the, the magic of the, uh, you know, the chat widget to Slack is like, is totally gone for me now. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I think I just need to keep pushing forward. And like, once it's all a thing, I think maybe I'll feel a little better about it, but yeah, I was I was like, why am I even doing this? Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, remind, remind myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm I'm currently riding high, uh, riding this wave of enthusiasm for File Inbox. Feels great. I'm I'm gonna ride that out as long as I can, and I can relate so strongly to that feeling. I've been there on every project I've ever worked on. I've had this <laughs> yeah. lull of like, well, what am I really doing here? Like, couldn't I just use this other thing to do this? And why would anyone actually want to want to use this? Like, this isn't doing anything special. And that's a feeling I'm very interested in because like. As a person, I think I'm very high in enthusiasm, so I, I tend to be much more on the side of like, "This is amazing," and people are like, well, "This is a, this is just a bridge." Christian, small <laughs> small side note: I've been obsessed recently with highway overpasses that overlap each other. Uh, I call it highway spaghetti. I don't know if it if it has a name, but in Texas, there will be these interchanges of like four roads intersecting, and it's like a five layer thing. And something I've been obsessed with these since I was a kid, but something recently is just I, I've just started to see them as art. And I've started taking pictures of them, and I'm planning on, like, taking my drone out and taking some pictures, like, when the lighting's really good. So this, I'm using this as an example of, like, I get really excited by this thing. It's very mundane. <laughs> people people look at it, and they're like, okay, yeah, it's a, it's a highway overpass. Like, you, you drive on it. And I'm like, oh, my God, look at the light. Oh, it's so many layers. Uh, so that's that's my tendency. And in projects, I, I drift towards the other side of that tendency, which is, uh, like, more... I don't have a good word for it. More, more depressive, less enthusiastic, where you're looking at things more critically and probably more realistically. Uh, but I don't know. Well, yeah, I, I guess I'll leave it there. This, this is a feeling that I've also felt, and I'm not sure the best way to, to counteract it. I'm, or if it needs to be counteracted, like maybe this is a healthy thing that you're, you're oscillating and able to feel a lot more of like, well, this is a chat app and it's solving this problem and... Uh, while that's cool on the more enthusiastic side, and that that does feel magical when you're uh, entering it on a website, uh, also like, is this actually a big problem that people are facing? Maybe it's it's useful to to be able to swing on both sides of that and look at it more critically, and then connect it with something deeper. Uh, what, what what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so I've had I haven't formulated this really, but I've had these thoughts before too. Like, this is one reason that developers are bad at marketing because developers, when you're developing an app. I, I've thought critically about the hundred different ways that this chat thing can fail. Mm-hmm. And so like, because I have to fix each one of those in code, you know? And so all you can see is like the ways that it can fail. Um, so for any app you develop, you have to do that. Like all of the places where, you know, things can break down. And so when you step back and look at it, all you see is that. And it's marketing. You kind of have to turn it around the other way and be like, look at all the magic that you can do, you know? Yeah, yeah. So um, that's, that's one reason, at least me, that I have trouble marketing things is because i've seen all the ways it can fail so yeah when you know the details of it it's not magic anymore but in marketing you kind of do want to sell it as a magic solution of like hey you have this problem and i can solve it perfectly every time even though in the back of your mind you're like well there's these six edge cases (laughs) right still not and like you're so far in the weeds of these edge cases as a as a customer do i really care that you don't handle the case where like three members of my team are on do not disturb and a third one just went offline and the the state of it isn't perfectly rendered with exactly what it should be immediately and doesn't like push the update to people that have the web page loaded already like no not really <laughs> if, it, if it does something reasonable in that case like that's fine and even if it doesn't render at all in one out of a hundred cases I don't, I don't really care it's still accomplishing the thing that i'm uh trying to accomplish but like you know that <laughs> and that's right. what you're laser focused on so that's in the in the back of your mind you sort of I, I say you, meaning like 
both of us we we both have the sensitivity but we're, we're we we're so focused on the details that we've lost sight of the big picture of like okay the core thing this is doing is solving a very important problem for people who have a website they're able to to contact uh you in your form uh on your website and get immediate feedback through slack because the person who has this website already lives in slack and it, it works for your whole team that is a core value proposition is really valuable and cool uh so maybe maybe the thing to get out of this mindset is to talk more to customers just to like re-sync yourself with oh yeah <laughs> uh, you know th these are the things this person cares about uh you know they they care a lot more about can they upload their logo in this thing than they do about does it handle these specific edge cases of uh when i'm offline or uh on do not disturb uh okay that feels about right well who's the next customer you're going to talk to How, how's that going to happen <laughs> I have no customers, so I better talk to somebody. Um, or uh, what, just what? someone someone experiencing this problem, doing like yeah. a, a deploy empathy style interview. So one reason I wanted to get this sort of at least done before, like to a point where I knew all the edge cases before MicroConf is because MicroConf is full of people who have chat widgets on their website. Uh, so yeah. I can uh, sort of bring it up with them. Um, not like I'm trying to sell it to them, but I can ask them about their, you know, how they do that, how they handle that case. Um, I, I would bet something like probably half the people at MicroConf have a chat widget on their website or at least yeah. did at one point. Um so I, yeah, so I'm doing that in a couple of weeks. I think that would be a super, super useful, you know, talking to people, uh, uh, like practice. Um, the other thing you said, it was about the core, the core idea. So I, I came to this point too, after talking to you, like during this week, like all of these edge cases, I should only fix them before I launch. If it impacts like the core, like what is this thing actually trying to do? And so yeah. like, what do the people who are going to buy it care about? They care about their customer actually being able to talk to them. Like the worst case scenario is if, uh, well, one of the worst case scenarios is if like their customer thinks they're talking to them, but like the messages don't get through. Like that'd be mm -hmm. really bad for them because now they look unresponsive to their customer through no yep. fault of their own. Like it'd be better if it just didn't render anything at all, like you said. Um, so basically I'm fixing all the edge cases where if a customer types something and it doesn't get to the, the Slack you know, instance, or if someone in Slack types something, it doesn't get to the customer. Mm -hmm. Like I'm fixing all of that connection and mm -hmm. then everything else. Yeah, it's, it's gravy. Okay, that's reasonable. That that would be bad if a customer tried to message me and it seemed like I should be immediately responding and I wasn't. That makes sense. Okay, I I love also uh, using microconf as a way to talk to customers because yeah, you're right. That is that is the customer that would be using this. It's like people who have SaaS apps who want that live chat thing at the website who also use Slack. Uh, okay, yeah, that's going to be a really good way to be having those conversations sounds like we need to reread deploy empathy before <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably. <laughs> cool neat uh i would love to check in with what the development roadmap looks like for acorn chat uh we've been talking a lot about like the roadmap for each individual day of, of what you're doing to, to push it forward uh what what would you like to get done before microconf and uh what are the intermediate steps to get there uh microconf by the way in 18 days so what, what do you want to get done in the next 18 all days? right yeah 18 days so uh this is the stuff i thought i was going to get done in the first week <laughs> and we talked about how <laughs> expectations completely got pushed out um so there are some still edge cases where if a person logs in or off at the wrong time or deletes a thread or whatever then messages will not get synced between you know the database in slack so mm -hmm. I want to fix those because that that's like the core thing. So there are some of those edge cases. Um, I do want customization. So to be able to change the colors and the logo and stuff, I think that's an important part. Uh, and then I want to add documentation about what the thing actually does. Not like full on documentation, but some marketing example, like just flesh out the marketing page and stuff. And then after those three things are done, then I can put it in the Slack app store. So um then people could actually buy it and stuff. Um, and that's, yeah, so that's what I want to have done before MicroConf. Cool. Uh, I heard polish out a few more edge cases, uh, documentation, write the documentation pages, write a marketing, or you already have a marketing page. I guess polish the marketing page. I, I have a single page, which sort of says what it does. Okay. So yeah, I want like an actual like page, which says what it does. Yeah. Okay. I'd love a video there uh, yeah. showing what the thing was. And okay. Uh, and then once those three things are done, actually put it in the slack app store is that right yeah uh pl plus customization i have a i have some stubs out uh, for yes. like just just changing the color and the icon and like the the 
like if you want to put a logo in maybe not even logo and just color an icon and like what what does it say right now it just says how can we help or something like that but that mm-hmm. seems like people will want to change that so cool yeah. uh if you'd be game i'd love to push you on this a little further and do like a backwards plan for each of these things how long each would take are you down for that uh yeah the the customization should take probably a day four palms the uh, documentation could take as long as I wanted. The documentation plus the marketing site, so I should okay. probably limit that. Like if we say, if we say like a week, then that'll probably give me enough time to get everything I want. Uh, it does work, so I could probably also spend as much time as I wanted chasing edge cases. So I should probably limit that, say to like the four days of the week, maybe. Yeah, two or two or three days worth of palms, let's say, on edge cases. Uh, and then two or three days to figure out how to get it in the app store. Um, what's that? That's two weeks, right? I think so. So we have we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fourteen work days. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. We have fourteen work days left. Uh so you said uh two to three days for edge cases a week for documentation and marketing a day for customization and then slack app store whatever's left yeah and i think getting into slack app store takes some time so i should probably cut that documentation and marketing site down to like maybe two days okay and then i can always change it later right so i I should probably submit to the app store well before like because i think you can submit it but not push it live yet or something see i don't even know so i okay. need to spend at least one palm figuring out all the slack app store stuff okay okay so we'll say we'll say in 10 working days you want it submitted the first yeah. time because that's going to be you know you want you want enough chance to be able to resubmit it uh so so uh taking okay so so we're working backwards from 10 days uh with customization that's nine days with documentation that's seven days with edge cases that's four days uh so you have four days of buffer time part of that will be used to figure out the slack app store okay that that seems reasonable good so on edge cases which is what you're currently working on uh as long as you limit that to three days that you'll you'll be on track that sounds good yeah cool all right yeah that sounds good Neat. Uh, we talked about micro acquire. We talked about Acorn Chat. Kaggle uh, uh, competitions. How, how are those going? Yeah. So there's one ending tomorrow. Tomorrow at midnight UTC time. Um, this is the one I'm on a team for. We are so close to the gold line, which is so one percent. The top one percent gets gold. We are at like one point two percent or something, mm-hmm. um, and it's very very frustrating because we have we have done just about everything we can think of. And there's something that we're missing. Like based on other people's comments, they're not doing things that are much different than we are, but we're just missing something that the top teams have. Hmm. And it's very frustrating. Uh, since it ends tomorrow at midnight, which is like 8 p.m. my time or something like that, um, and the things take about nine hours to run, it has to have your submission has to have run before mm-hmm. the deadline. So I only have tonight and then tomorrow morning. And yeah, I don't think I'm going to find anything significant. So we have a few things that we're, we're trying basically, but yeah, it, it will be very frustrating if we get right to the, basically the bottom of the gold, uh, section. Um, so yeah, this one has been kind of frustrating just cause we feel like we're so close and we just are missing something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. is this the sort of competition where the winners publish exactly how they did it? So you'll be yep. able to see after the fact what you did. Okay. Yeah. Well, were, that's yeah. That's yeah. A, yeah. Uh, that, the first, the first probably 10 places will publish something yeah okay i am very curious to hear what that thing is if, I know, <laughs> if, it's, if it's a thing i even can understand <laughs> of, the, uh, what you're so saying the worst case is or the, not the worst case the worst thing is it's probably something that's like it, it could be something as little as like two characters oh. um yeah as an example i found a minus one out of place and that bumped us just a little bit oh and so another minus one <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah i just it can be something as simple as that or it can be something like they trained a whole different model which is you know like weeks of work so um yeah we'll see we'll see i'm reminded of learning to code i uh i cut my teeth on visual basic and i was learning all the stuff in coding like the paradigms of it and the syntax and the process of the 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 concepts of that you have to compile your code and then run it and what a command line is and everything else so overload of information so much stuff going on and i would get so frustrated 
when the error was like a missing semicolon because <laughs> the yeah. errors back then weren't very good it, it didn't tell you like hey you're missing a semicolon and it's here would you like me to insert it for you it was like compile error <laughs> like okay what, what am i supposed to do with this uh so yeah that's that's frustrating that it could just be a single minus sign out of place that's uh yeah that's what a what a what a puzzle <laughs> gross yeah um, on the plus side, the other competition, the Snowwater one, that's the one that's ongoing, and I don't have to do anything. It just submits every week. I'm up yeah. to sixth place now. Um, oh, I don't wonderful. remember if I said that on the podcast or not. Um, and it caused a little bit of a stir in the in the uh, in the message boards of that thing because a lot of people fell. Like the first person, the first place person, fell like ten places or something. Wow. And the reason was because they basically they get data every week. Mm-hmm. But some of the data takes a few weeks to come in, like, mm-hmm. and so they got a lot of data for the first week, like just last week, mm-hmm. and so it rescored them. And this is data that's not—it's a little bit different than the than the training data. Mm-hmm. And so if you overfit sort of to the training data, then you're going to fall a lot. So it looks like that's what the first place person did. And uh, but yeah, so I'm up to I'm up to sixth place. Um, and if, if <laughs> this is another one, so the top five get prize money <laughs> so if i if i finish in sixth place it's almost worse than like 10th place you know <laughs> you're like, ah. um yeah so we'll see uh, but the person ahead of me in fifth place they haven't submitted since february so that is weird so what that mm. means is that they the reason that they're so high but haven't submitted to february is they probably submitted all of their predictions for the whole um like for the whole uh till june like you could do that if you want you could submit all five months of predictions then yeah yeah but the benefit of waiting is you get up-to-date data like that you yeah. can use to predict. So I'm hoping that that's what they did. Yeah. And then I get into fifth place because they have some data that's out of date. Uh, that's my hope. That's very exciting. Sounds like you're you're in the running. You're right there. That's <laughs> yeah. a, a reasonable chance of, uh, of bumping up. Um, I love so much about the Kaiko competitions that you get rewarded for doing things the right way there are these short-term benefits you can get like you, you can get these vanity metrics of uh you know overfitting to the publicly available data and so you're you're really high in the leader the leaderboard but the the actual competition is scored on who can actually solve this problem the best so it's it's just such a clean example of like it's a meritocracy it's like you can't cheat at it and if you take shortcuts it, it might look good in the short term but you're going to get penalized for it in the long term like i love it what a what a pure good game uh yeah that's that's it's a it's a really cool way to frame a, a competition there's uh, it seems like there are very few ways to cheat and you consistently get rewarded for doing things the the correct way yeah yeah that's one reason i like it too um and the times i wouldn't call it cheating but the times when there's like data leakage um which means like some aspect of the private data set is sort of leaked either through the public data set or over the internet or something. Mm-hmm. So over the internet, actually using that information is cheating technically according to Kaggle mm-hmm. rules. And there have been some high profile cases where people like have won and then like six months later or something, it it gets found out that they actually used public information they weren't supposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, and they actually lost their, you know, their, their place and everything. Um, but yeah, the, the leakage is the other one. And that's like, that's why it's really hard to run these competitions because the Kaggle team has to spend a lot of time making sure that the data they give you in no way tells you what kind of data is hidden in the test set. Mm. Um, and when that does, that's called leakage. Mm. And it's usually, it's completely accidental and usually the top teams find it. Um, in this essay competition, I think there is, has been no leakage reported and I don't think the top teams are using leakage based on their comments. I think it's purely they're They just found something better. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, I'm excited to hear what it was, how they did it neat uh i think that's it anything else you want to talk about no i don't think so yeah so cool i again have a very straightforward update uh not not a lot to talk about like i'm consistently getting the work done uh i spent eight hours and 24 minutes working on file unboxes last week which is uh part of that's just because i haven't finished the the palms for today i think last week we finished the ones for today before i recorded the episode so like just consistently what what are we on the one two third week of doing this Third or fourth, depending on how you count the signpost problem. I think that's right. Uh, it's just great. I'm just I'm just executing. I'm I'm getting it done, marching forward, and it feels great. I think I had the a lull uh, on like day two or three. I just felt sort of dejected and like not excited and like ah here we go. But 
now it feels great. <laughs> I spent the whole weekend just like chewing on stuff like, oh, I can't wait. Can't wait for Monday. <laughs> I can, uh, you know, here's, I, I think this is how I'm going to format this uh, this code or, you know, here, here's how I think I'm going to style these buttons. Uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. I feel like I've I've unlocked something great. I I, I want to keep doing this for the rest of my life. Uh, this feels really good and it's solving a long-term problem that I've struggled with a lot of how to push forward on like the one project I want to. Uh, I did notice though in tallying it, there's a bug in my time tracker based on the time zone that I'm setting, like what's the beginning of a day. So that number might be slightly off, but, uh, I'm getting the work done and <laughs> it's great. Uh, what else? Oh, the, the, the work I got done when I was, when I was summarizing for the entire week on the scale of a day, I'm looking back at the work, like I didn't really get that much done. I, I could have got a lot more done. And on the scale of a Pomodoro, especially like 25 minutes, I'll, I'll have such high aspirations starting it. Like, ah, oh, I'm going to get this whole thing done and it's going to be functional till the end. And then I'll, at the end of the 25 minutes, I'll be like, that, that was 25 minutes. And then I'll tell <laughs> yeah. you what I worked on. And they're like, well, I struggled with trying to understand how this API worked for the second Pomodoro in a row. <laughs> right. I still don't know how Get User Media works, uh, but I have a little slightly better understanding of it. And then the next one, like, okay, well, I have the framing of how I would put it here, but it's not quite connected yet. And then the next one, I'm like, okay, that works, but it doesn't work in any of these other things. And it, it just feels sort of like a slog. Uh, but then on the scale of a week, wow, I got so much done. I, I built a form builder in a week, and that's not the only thing I got done. I uh so like products like uh reform or like Airtable's uh form builder or like the, the Google Drive form builder uh where you can just drag and drop components and say like I'd like to ask someone a string question here and I'd like to ask someone for their email here. I built one of those in a week and it <laughs> and I also did other stuff. That that feels great. Uh and then I'm also working on the show view so like once you've built the form when you're showing it to people when you send them the link uh, showing them, uh, rendering that out and then actually being able to, to collect the data. Uh, so I like half built that and I'm particularly working on a, a screen recording component so that you can have a form asking other people to record their screen or their video. And then they go to this page and there's just one big record button and they hit it and then they record the video and then it, it goes off to your, uh, Google driver or cloud storage or whatever. Uh, because my friend Brian, Richards wants to use this at the end of this month and I'm going to hit it. Gosh, darn it. <laughs> like we're, we're on track to be able to do that. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's what I did. And you already know this, of course, because you've seen every single pond that I've done. Uh, but I'd like to pause quickly there. Any thoughts on just this, this idea of like getting stuff done on the scale of a palm versus a day versus a week. Have you felt similar things? Yeah. I mean, that's a little, that's a little bit like, why I was so kind of dejected about the idea in the middle of the week. And then, you mm. know, when you see it all together, then you're like, okay, this is kind of cool. Um, it's also why, so like Amy Hoy's and Alex Hillman's blog is stacking the bricks, right? Yeah. And they're talking about business, but it's the same thing. Like each little chunk of work you do is a brick. And before you know it, you have a house. And so, mm -hmm. um, yeah, you just got to stack the bricks. I'm stacking the bricks. I'm doing it. It feels great. And when I lose track of, when, when I feel dejected in the moment, I want to remember this moment of like, on the scale of weeks, you're getting a lot done. Uh, and, and yeah, it feels really good. I'd love to zoom out for a second uh, further than further than the scale of weeks, just on like my overall development plan for File Inbox. Uh, and I think I know what this looks like. I think on the on the hill chart that did, uh, did 37 Signals invent that, the concept of a hill chart? I don't know if they invented it, but they certainly popularized it in their shape up book. Yeah, yes. they may have uh, for anyone it, who doesn't uh, know, there's there's this idea of a chart of complexity that looks like a hill. It's got like an up ramp and then a peak and then a down ramp. And the way that 37 Signals frames it in uh, Shape Up, which is a book about project management, is uh, projects have unknown complexities when you start them. So it's like you're going up this hill and then and then you reach this magical point at the top of the hill where the thing's not done yet. There's still a lot of work to do, but you know what all the work is to do. Uh, so from there it's, it's downhill and it feels a lot easier. And, uh, when you're going up the hill, you don't quite know how high the hill is. So it, it you, you could be stuck in that stage for a while. Uh, but then on the downhill, it's, it's very straightforward. It's much easier to predict how long the thing's going to take. I'm on the downhill with file inbox. I feel like I've, I've touched all the complexities. I've, I, I know what all the pieces are. I just need to put them together. Um, so here's what I, how I think this is going to go. Um, I think I'm going to finish the uh, show view for a page 
and connect that to cloud storage. So I'm not syncing it with Dropbox or Google Drive. I'm just storing it on my own servers. And I'm that that's going to be minimal uh, functionality. Like I, I will be able to get people using this because um, they, they won't be able to sync with their Dropbox or Google Drive, but you'll be able to send a link to people, have them fill it out, and then you'll be able to get that data back just going through my website. I want to have a way for them to download a whole bunch of stuff all at once, uh, multiple files. And I think that's going to look like on the, on my serverless cloud function, take a list of, okay, here's all the different things you need to download. First download all those, then zip them up, then re-upload them, then give the person the link to do the zip. And then I can maintain folder structure and other stuff. For form data, I want multiple formats of form data. I want to be able to have that as a PDF or as a doc or as a text file. Um, and then I think, so once, once all that's done, uh, and that feels like it's, I don't know, two weeks away that I'd be able to do that. So probably actually four weeks away, <laughs> uh, but it feels like two weeks right now. And, uh, then I want to start getting current file inbox customers to use this as a beta. So I want to include at the bottom of every notification email in file inbox, Hey, I'm working on a new thing. There's a new version of file inbox. If you'd like to opt into it go to this page, it'll automatically import your file inbox page into this new thing. And then when you're sending this to people, send them file inbox.app slash whatever instead of .com. And then I'll play in there for a while, be listening to bugs, people say. Um, and then once I feel pretty confident that, that that's rocking and rolling and I've, I've rolled in all the other minimal necessary features of like doing the syncing to Dropbox and Google Drive and uh, if there's other stuff people want, or if there's edge cases I'm not seeing uh, that you know it, it doesn't work on this specific browser, that's that's my time to iterate from there. So now I have filelinux.app that's doing everything filelinux.com is doing. Oh, part of that is billing. I need to I need to be able to migrate over the the billing uh, system, but I think that's going to be straightforward. Um, now I have filelinux.com on the Rails side, filelinux.app on on uh, the new side. Now I think I migrate everyone over and all of their pages. And then I think keeping all the filemax.com Rails infrastructure in place, I think I switch over the domain name. So now filemax.com is pointing to the new serverless thing. And that's gonna be that's gonna be an exciting day because <laughs> <laughs> something's gonna break. It's gonna be awful. But I, I will have in my back pocket like, ooh, uh, switch it back over. Um but if I do this correctly, that'll be a nice smooth transition. Uh, the, the pages will just transparently start working, even though they're working on a completely different architecture. Um, and then I iron that out and ironing that out is going to take, I don't know, a week or two. Uh, some of that's going to be very exciting. Some of that's going to be like, holy shit, <laughs> this is very important customer. Their whole thing is broken because of this thing I didn't foresee that, you know, cores something, I don't know, or like iframes don't work the way that it did. Yeah. Um, but then I think I'm done. And then I think I'm on the new file, the serverless infrastructure, and then I shut down all the rail stuff, and then I throw a big party, and you're invited. <laughs> uh, how does that sound? Yeah, uh, that mostly sounds good. Yeah. Um, if you put something in the footer for people to migrate over, will you get enough people, like based on your customers, or do you have to provide some, like, at least like this is what you can do in the new beta that you can't do in the old thing, or something like that? Um, is there anything like that? that you need maybe i don't know i feel like I've, i have early adopters okay that are that are using file inbox there's like i don't know probably probably 600 active people using it so of that like i don't know if i got 10 that'd be useful uh who are wanting to push it forward especially i i, I can especially be advertising this to people asking me for new features that aren't on the existing thing yet, but are on the mm. new one, that's yeah. a good vector. So I'll yep. tell Rachel, my fantastic personal assistant, who is great and improved my life so much. Uh, Rachel, if you ever listen to this, you're great. <laughs> Please <laughs> never leave me. Uh, uh, I can tell her like anyone who's asking for this subset of features, tell them it's not ready. It's not, it's not like production ready yet. Well, normal people don't understand what that means. Uh, if, if they want to try out the, the feature on the new platform that's not out yet, but you get early access to it, I think people understand early access, like things can be yeah. broken, uh, then go to this URL instead of the old one. And then I just tell Rachel, just replace com with app and everything's going to work the same way for them. 
uh, and then I'll just make sure that on the back end, like if, if if the serverless app gets a request for a page that doesn't exist, it'll copy it from Rails first. And I think that'll that'll be a good vector of it. Like that'll get me one or two new users a week at sense. minimum. Yeah. And then yeah. I also have a backlog of people who have asked for features that I can I can email all of them and be like, hey, this is ready, but in early access. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, the only other thing I would say is when you do the switchover, you may not want to mess with DNS and just if you're running Nginx or something, you can just reverse proxy straight to the new domain, um, and then it's Ooh, instant. that'd be that'd be faster to yeah. undo. That's a good. Idea. Prop, yeah. I use uh, Cloudflare right now, so I think I could just do that in Cloudflare. Yeah. I think. Otherwise, sounds solid. Cool. cool. Oh man, this is happening. <laughs> After all the time I've been talking about this, it's uh, we're we're doing it. All it took is uh, you know some work <laughs> uh, every day. Yeah. A little work every day. Constantly. This is this is great. I feel like I want to send this series of podcasts to my kids eventually. Be like, this is what hard work looks like. This is this is what I'm trying to teach you how to do. Look at look at how lazy I was before. The only thing that changed is I did a little bit consistently every day, and then I got this huge thing done. And that's how we now have so much money and prestige in society. Because <laughs> uh, Filebox, the serverless thing, that's that's when it really exploded. Uh cool. Uh I just have a few other cool things that i want to talk about in my life uh oh one of them is sort of an extension of what we talked about last week of like i'm not getting a lot of other things done but i'm i've kind of stopped seeing that as a problem like there's a there's a a finance tracking app that i made just for myself that has a bug in it i realized i'm i'm ignoring transactions from a statement that didn't happen in the core month. So there's like, and accounting months are different than normal months, yeah. which is infuriating. Uh, and I think I, I may have for as long as this has existed, I think I may have been ignoring transactions that happened like in those two or three days at the, at the end of the month. Uh, so that's bad. And I knew about it a week ago and I was like, ah, well, this is kind of a fun project to figure out how to parse this CSV better. Uh, so I'll, I'll get that done at some point this week. But after finishing the palms for the day, I'm done with work. So I stop working. <laughs> I, do, I go to better things. Uh, so I don't know. I guess I think the solution to that is like have one extra palm that's like, all right, this is my fun 20% time fun palm and I can work on a, a fun project. But it's just been interesting to notice that like those things aren't getting done. I haven't I haven't pushed forward the flashcard app at all. Uh, which I was so excited about a month ago, and now it's just all about file inbox. I've, I've successfully, successfully uh, shifted my uh, enthusiasm and focus to the thing that I actually wanted it on. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I, I, I feel sort of conflicted about losing enthusiasm for fun other projects that aren't file inbox. Yeah, like something that we talked about last time was stuff, you know, life comes in seasons. And so like, you know, in a few months, once you're sort of done with this file inbox transition, then, you know, maybe you'll find yourself with more, you know, uh, enthusiasm to work on other things. Like I, I won't, I wouldn't worry about it too much. If you feel good about what you're doing right now, I think that's, then that's good. Leave it at that. Um, the other thing is like, it sounds like your finance app has been broken for what years. And so yeah. like, <laughs> maybe it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Cool. Okay. Yeah, that's a good thing to keep in mind. This is a this is a season. Like, I'm never going to be working on file inbox technically for this much time again, probably because I'm doing a complete recoding of this. And like, the last time I did this was seven years ago. Uh, so if I do do it in the future, it's going to be you know I'm, I'm recoding it with artificial intelligence or something. And uh, like this this is very unusual that I'm that I'm working on specifically development for this long and i would like to continue this amount of time but spent on marketing things yeah. um that's going to be a transition that i'm going to need your help with because what i'm going to want to do is just be like ah i redid it next thing <laughs> and uh ignore like the, the whole reason i'm doing this and the whole reason i got a personal assistant so i feel like i'm, I'm more free to be able to uh do marketing uh but then yeah to, to scratch the development itch i think i can I can swing back to fun projects. Uh, that is something I want to be doing consistently every day. Okay. Yeah, that feels good. Yeah. I, I think you and I will hit that at about the same time because as soon as Acorn Chat is in the Slack app store and I have at least one person paying me, yeah. uh, then that is exactly the time I need to like turn on marketing things. Yeah. And so I need, will need to stop development, even though that's all I will want to do yep. and actually do, you know, the selling of it. So cool. Uh, 
Yeah, I think we'll it'll be much easier for me to force you to do marketing. <laughs> yeah, so and I'll uh, just turn around and give your advice right back to you. Good. <laughs> that's that's uh, <laughs> infuriatingly probably exactly what each of us need. <laughs> How yeah. simple our our minds are. Uh, good. Two other small things. Uh, I discovered this last week uh, TV show on Amazon Prime called Mrs. Maisel or The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. It's great. It's so good. I love it. If you're looking for a good show, this is great. Very clever, witty, snappy writing. Uh, very interesting characters. Uh, very beautiful, like choreography in the in the blocking of the way they do things, and it's just so tight and uh, there's there's no fluff and ah, oh, it's it's really good. I I like it a lot. Yeah, I watched. How many seasons are there? I think we I think we watched two seasons, and that took a while for the third to come out. And we actually never finished the third one, but yeah, I, we liked it. Just go back and finish the third one. Yeah, there might be four now. Oh, really? No, I know I, there's at least three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, it's, it's cool. Good. Yeah, very good. Last thing that kind of ties into SAS. Uh, I am learning how to paramotor, which. Uh, for anyone new to this podcast, it's it's insane. You get to fly. Uh, you have a big wing above your head, and you have a big motor strapped to your back, and you just get to fly. Uh, very few regulations, and it's really cool. And you don't need to get an instructor, but it's recommended. And I found one that was an hour away, uh, and he has very strong political opinions and got kicked off of Facebook because he had this video with a shotgun <laughs> he, oh. he like cocked the gun off screen and was like ah liberals and uh so at first i was like ah let me let me find someone else to to train from so i found these guys in austin austin is a very different city politically i personally can see both sides of political arguments most things i'm i'm i, I was more turned off of him that like he's not the sort of person that i would usually be interacting with uh so I found the guys in Austin, but then Austin's so far away. Uh, so I went back to this guy in Dallas. And uh, things seemed to, to be going pretty well. Like, I learned how to kite. And uh, kiting is just like you, you are on the ground with the wing and you're able to keep it in the air. And the progression is supposed to be you're, you're mastering kiting. And you're supposed to do that for like, you know, 30 hours. But some people do it in much shorter. There's some schools in Florida where you go in, in a week. It's, a, it's an intensive week. You're going for you know, six hours a day. And by like day four, they have you up in the air on your first solo flight and reading the book. They're like, it's really important to, to master ground handling to, we know it can be kind of boring, but like the more time you spend on the ground, the, the better everything else is going to be. So I'm like, okay, great. That, that sounds good. I'm going to make sure I'm super safe in doing that. So the first few times I went to go train with this guy, uh, the first time was just so great and so much information. And, uh, I, I got to learn like, ah, I'm, I'm on the ground and here's how the wing works. And wow, I got it up in the air. Amazing. And I got to do it in multiple different ways. And then I was able to go home and practice that. And I did a whole bunch, like, I don't know, five hours. And then I came back the next time. Uh, so it's, it's like an hour drive out there and then an hour drive back. So I went out there and for, you know, another three hours and they're kiting and, uh, people are pointing out like, oh, you're doing this thing wrong. And oh, yes, I am doing that thing wrong. And that happened like the next, I don't know, two or three times. Uh, I felt like I was actually getting stuff done. And now I think I'm really good at kiting. <laughs> now I've, I, like I've spent, I don't know, 50 hours doing kiting. And the last time I went, I drove an hour out there and, uh, there were other people that, that the main instructor was, uh, helping. And so I just sort of like went out of the field and, and kept kiting and then the next thing I knew, it was the end of the day, and I had just kited the whole day. And I'm looking around like, I think I'm the best kiter in this group of kiters. And looking over there, like, that's a guy who's about to fly. I think I'm a better kiter than him. <laughs> and and uh, he, he likes to have this meeting at the end of the, the uh, sessions where he's like, all right, let me answer some questions and sort of like ramble about stuff from uh, questions, if, if anyone has any. And uh, so I ask him like, hey, what's the, what's the timeline of how to get in the air because if i need more time doing that that's fine but i feel like i'm sort of in the dark here and I, the progression seems to be that you, you kite and then you do this uh you know you, you learn more about how the motor works and then you, you get a flight and go in the air but i'm not i don't even know i'm totally in the dark I, like every time i go i'm bringing my whole set of stuff because i don't like is today gonna be the day i don't know how this works and he responded uh when you're ready and i decide when you're ready and i'm like yeah that's not what I asked. <laughs> like, it just felt kind of gross and like a like a power play and like 
I get he he's he's ex military and so he he has a very different conversational style than me and uh is very like uh hierarchical and very much about respect and I get that, but also that's not how I learn. <laughs> like I wanna know what the very next thing is that I can be improving to to be getting better at this thing. Uh so then I can go home and like drill that and then I can become the best at that thing and now okay, great, I can I can go on. But I don't know. I feel like I'm not I'm not getting enough instruction. So the the where I've sort of landed is I think I'm gonna learn as much as I can on my own and try to do it more safely. So like I think the next thing to do is start doing the kiting but with the big paramotor on my back. And then once I'm comfortable doing that, start doing it with the paramotor on my back and start it. And then once I do that, same thing, but I rev the engine a little bit in the one point where I would take off. And then once I do that, rev the engine a little bit until I just barely take off and then immediately land. And then keep doing that until I, I can fly. Uh, and I had a tie-in with software as a service. Oh, oh, it's <laughs> in onboarding. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Sure. Yes. So it's like I'm I'm viscerally feeling the benefit of knowing where you are in a process and the dejection of just feeling like you don't know where you are and you don't know what the next step is and like is this going to take months is this going to take weeks is he never going to get me in the air the thing i'm looking like i'm not i'm not trying to say i want to go up when i'm not ready i just want to know like what are you looking for what's what is the next step uh, so in, in software and designing onboarding, I want to, I want to have this story in mind of like, I don't want to just be endlessly leading people through this process of like, Oh my God, I got to go and connect Slack now. How, how am I supposed to do that? Or, uh, in, in my case, like, ah, I, I have to configure my email to receive these files or something. I, I want to be very clear about like, okay, here's an overview of the entire thing. And now we're going to go. So it's these three modules and now we're going to go into module one. And here's the the three steps in module one. Ah, good. You completed the first one. You're one third of the way done through module one of this bigger process. Ah, you, you did that quickly. You didn't need to do module two. You're done with module one. Now let's do the second one. And here we go. Uh, it's not knowing where I am feels bad in this process. So uh, onboarding, very important. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's, a, yeah, that's a great uh, sort of parallel to your SAS should not say something like you're when you're ready and I decide when you're ready and you're not yeah. ready. Right. Yeah. That's, that's no good. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, I mean, it sounds like he's not a great fit for your learning style. So I would try to find somebody else. Um, this is, this is one place frustratingly where Facebook is probably really good. Uh, I bet there was like a Texas Facebook paramotoring group. Um, and you could probably find them and you could be like, you know, who are the instructors in the Dallas area? And there's probably 20, you know? Um, I mean, maybe not 20, maybe there's three. And then you could say, yeah, I'll, I'll pay you a hundred bucks a time for 10 times yeah, uh, yeah. to, to watch me do each of these steps, you know? Yeah. Chris, how do you do this? That's, that's exactly, that's exactly, that's a very good idea. <laughs> Cause you saying that I'm, I'm reminded there is a really small group in DFW. So they'd be closer that, uh, I heard from someone that just like operate out of a garage, but like that might be what I want interesting because yeah there, there is this place in austin it's surprisingly rare to find people who, who do this instruction like i think there's three in the state of texas there's uh four because there's one in corpus christi there's one in austin there's this guy an hour outside of dallas and then i think there's a really small one in dallas proper that i just haven't gotten connected with okay yeah yeah since, that's, that's since you don't need a cert- certification or whatever you just need someone who's really good at it to watch yeah. you yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah cool okay yeah thank you that's exactly what i'm gonna do uh <laughs> And I'll use this to have better onboarding on my own software. Uh, Cool. Chris, that's all I got. That's all I got, too. I'll see you next week. Goodbye.